Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. And me and Shockwave Dave have got another great show lined up for you guys today. Today, we're talking about UFC in Rochester on ESPN+, Plus, which is headlined by Kevin Lee versus Rafael Dos Anjos. We'll be talking about that main event fight as well as two of my other favorite car- fights on this card. Plus, we'll be talking to two of the fighters on the card themselves, Ian Heinish and Des Green, both talking about their upcoming fights and their preparation. Plus, we'll be going around the league with our fastest fight news, all of the crazy news that happened this week between big fight bookings, Bellator, UFC, all kinds of great news. We'll be breaking all that down for you. And of course, what would an episode be without our famed combat countdown? This week, we're looking at our five favorite fight promotions. That's right, our five favorite fight promotions. And there's a bonus interview after that discussion about fight promotions with an owner of a fight company. You guys know of the Polish promotion, KSW. It is huge over in Europe, and I am talking to the owner and founder, Martin Lewandowski, about his vision for the company. You're not going to want to miss that because he gives some awesome insight. But before we get to any of that amazing content, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. Go to adkfightwear.com and use promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase, you're going to get 20% off your whole order there, and your whole order there should be big with that discount, or even without that discount, because their gear is so high quality and comes at such a low, low price. You can get their arm bars and stripes rash guard, which is a rash guard with an American flag with the jujitsu belts on it. It's a real sweet looking rash guard. You can get that for just 20 bucks when you use our promo code. That's right. A high quality rash guard for 20 bucks. You won't find it anywhere else on the web, but you can also check out their geese, spats, all kinds of other stuff, sweatshirts, t-shirts at adkfightwear.com. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. Antonio Carlos Jr. at UFC Rochester on ESPN Plus this weekend. So, Ian, we were supposed to see you fight Tom Brees over in London a little while ago. That fight fell through the last second. It's obviously very upsetting. But take us through how you dealt with all of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it was a first for a lot of us on our team. Just, you know, flying out to London, your sponsors, your family's there, and uh, you weigh in, and it's fight day, and, you know, you got all the nerves, and you're ready to go, and all of a sudden, it's about, you know, you get ready to head on the bus to the venue, and uh, you get a call from your manager, and then the UFC and Tom Breeze pulled out for medical reasons, and then, um, you know, I mean, I'm guessing it was mental health issues, and, you know, at first, I was real mad, I, you know, kind of trashed my hotel room a little, and then, you know, I thought about it, and, uh you know, he, he must have some serious demons if he's going to pull out of a fight in his hometown, for, you know, for the UFC. So, you know, you can't be too mad at him. Hope he gets better and uh, on to the next. Absolutely. Now, I, I did want to ask, too, how the UFC dealt with it, too, because I know sometimes, you know, they, they take care of you monetarily. And, uh, you know, obviously they got you rebooked really quickly. How, how is it sort of dealing with the UFC and all of that? Yeah, you know, they, they took great care of me. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get into details, but uh, I was very well taken care of, and they got me rebooked with a great fight, a great matchup, uh, ranked Antonio Carlos, ranked number 12, and I uh, got a new contract. So, yeah, we're, uh, 
we're excited for this next fight in the UFC. I, yeah, big shout out to them for taking such good care of me. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for this fight this weekend. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you mentioned the Antonio Carlos Jr. fight. He, he's a ranked opponent. Is it almost fortuitous that the, the fight with Tom Breeze didn't happen? Because you're in a lot better of a situation here to possibly climb the rankings and, and do some damage here. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I believe everything happens for a reason. And it wasn't God's plan I fought that day. And, you know, the opportunity in front of me is, you know, even bigger. Uh, there's more on the line. And, you know, I'm just grateful that it worked out the way it did. And, and now I get to go make a statement and get myself in the top 15. And uh, hopefully I'm in the top 10 after that. Absolutely. And, and let's talk about the fight itself, too, because obviously you've been really big with takedowns and grounded pound. We, we saw it in your contender series fight. You're very clearly well-versed there, but he's a little bit of a jiu-jitsu wizard here. He, he's got three straight rear naked chokes. He's won four of five by rear naked choke. Why are you the one to stop mm -hmm. him from doing that again? You know, I've been fighting jiu-jitsu black belts. Obviously, you know, I know he's a world champ. I know his pedigree's up there, but, you know, I'm going to kind of, you know, with like the Jack Hermanson fight, like I'm going to take a page out of that. Like I'm not going to respect that. I'm going to strike a lot, but if the takedown's there, I'm also going to take it. I'm going to, you know, keep myself in good position, stay safe there. A lot of heavy ground and pound. It's not a jiu-jitsu match. My scrambling is, you know, at the highest level. So, you know, I, I, I feel confident in in the ground with that being said. I know jiu-jitsu is uh, great, and he wants to take the back. That's his thing. But I, I believe my explosive wrestling and my ground and pound and my relentless pace is going to be hard for him to handle. Absolutely. And you mentioned Jack Hermanson, too. Jack Hermanson made a pretty quick run up the rankings, too. He was unranked at the beginning of this year. He's all the way up to, like, five. I imagine, like you said, with a win here, you're up to number 10 in only your second UFC fight. Is that surreal to you? Yeah, you know, I, I believe I'm on the fast track. And, you know, I've pictured, like, this happening so many times in my head. So it is surreal that it's happening in front of my face now. It's real life. But uh, you know, this was expected. You know, this was planned for. The preparation was put in. The hard work was put in the hours. So, you know, we, we've expected this, but it's, it's a great feeling to see it coming true in front of me. And so, I, you know, I got a big challenge ahead of me this weekend, and I'm going to go take care of business, and, and then we're going to ask for a top 10 guy. So, so you said you're going to ask for a top 10 guy, obviously. Is that just a broad statement? You're going to ask for a top 10 guy, period? Or do you have one in specific that you're thinking about? You know, Brunson just came off that that big win last weekend and or a few weeks ago, and I would, uh, you know, I think that's a great matchup, and I, I believe he's top ten. I, I haven't checked recently, but <clears throat> I mean, if he wants to do it, we can. And if not, man, it's kind of you know, I don't put a face, I don't put the name on it. It's just the body in my way, and I'm going to run through it. So, you know, anyone in that top ten, I'm trying to get that spot, that top spot, that belt. So, basically, anyone. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned Derek Brunson, too, because he did have a good performance uh, against uh, Elias Theodoro a couple weekends ago. Is there, uh, is there any particular reason you like that matchup with him? Do you, do you like how you match up personally with him? Uh, you know, I just, yeah, I mean, he, 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 think, he thinks he's a good wrestler, and so do I. And, you know, we also got some good striking, so I think it would just be an explosive fight, one for the fans, and... Uh, you know, I mean, he, and he's ranked higher than me, so that's what matters most. And, uh, you know, that's just precious in my mind because I watched that fight a few weeks ago. So, but yeah, like I said, anyone will do, but uh, the freshest one in my mind would be him. 
I like it. Now, I, I did want to ask you one thing a little bit off the fighting track. Cause last time we talked, you were about to head over to London, and you were talking about visiting some of your yeah. stomping grounds uh, in the Canary Islands and stuff. I wanted to ask you, were you able to get a chance to do all of that, and what was it like for you? Yeah, so, you know, after after the London thing, the whole uh, fiasco down there, you know, we just we just set course towards plan. Like, we just kept – I just went on the vacation like I was going to do anyways, and um, – and yeah, I went down to Spain, Tenerife, Canary Islands, and saw some old friends and some old areas, and just yeah, it was crazy. Just walking around, and I just get like flashbacks, and just like whoa, I've been here before. And you know, I lived over there for three years, and it was kind of crazy though. At one thing after another was going wrong. Like my passport expired in two months, and Spain required three, so we missed our first flight down there. Had to get a new passport, and then on the flight home, the flight was canceled, and we missed our connecting flight back to the states. So, I mean, it was it was kind of a disaster of a trip, but I enjoyed it um, the best I possibly could. And it was really great to catch up with some old friends and just uh, get to my own stomping grounds and just full circle, man. It was awesome. Absolutely. And now, so we're hoping it doesn't go quite as disastrous this weekend coming up, but I did want to get to you a prediction right before I let you go. How do you see this fight ending against Antonio Carlos Jr.? You know, I, I I see it ending in the first round with within two minutes. I feel like I'm just gonna get in his face, hit him with heavy shots. He's not a guy to back up a bunch, which I really like. So we're gonna we're gonna meet head to head in the center of the octagon, and and uh, someone's going to sleep. All right, I love it. So once again, this was Ian Heinish who fights Antonio Carlos Jr. at UFC Rochester on ESPN Plus this weekend. Ian, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Des Green, who fights Charles Jourdain at UFC Rochester on ESPN Plus this weekend. So, Des, let's talk about this matchup, because, you know, you're coming off a win over Ross Pearson. You're a seasoned vet, nearing the, the lightweight rankings. How'd you wind up with an opponent as green as Charles Jourdain? Um, honestly, it was all, it was just all, uh, it was situational. You really, um, you know, uh, I had just fought March 30th, uh, you know, like you was talking about against Ross and, um, this fight was seven weeks later and they didn't really know, uh, they couldn't schedule me for Rochester before my fight that I had in March because, you know, they didn't really know that what the outcome was going to be, but I was pushing for it. And, uh, I, you know, basically what happened was after that fight, they couldn't really find anybody short notice that wanted to take the fight against me. And, uh, you know, I don't blame them. But, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys are in contract or have fights coming up. So they couldn't really make a fight. They couldn't find a fight that made sense. And uh, they were looking for guys. And, um, you know, I told them, like, this, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, I just, I'll fight whoever. I just want to be on this card. And, uh, you know, long and behold, they came up with um, Charles Jourdain. And uh, I said yes immediately. I didn't, it didn't matter who it was. <laughs> Could have been Conor McGregor. I still would have said yeah. So, you know, kind of it was a tough situation. I think they were short notice, uh, not a lot of time to find an opponent. So you know they just had to you know find somebody uh, credible, worthy. This guy, you know, is nine and one, nine fight, uh, nine finishes. So you know, I, I guess it made sense for them. Made sense for me. I just I just wanted to fight on this Rochester card, bro. It's, it's like a, a dream come true is an understatement. It's like more like a fantasy of mine, you know. Yeah, getting a fight in your hometown has got to be awesome. I I, I got to imagine, too, the, the media, especially the local media, is all over that, no? Oh, yeah, for sure, bro, 100%. I got 
I'm gonna be so busy fight week. Um, I got things lined up out of the AO. You know, as soon as I get in from Tuesday to Friday, I'm gonna be, you know, making runs, radio stations. I'm going to uh, 45 school. You know, um, what I'm, I'm doing some meet, uh, meet and greet, hitting the radio station. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a busy week, but you know, I encourage it. I love it all. You know, there's my PR guy was asking me if it's too much. You know, let me know. I'm like, no, bro. You stack that schedule up, man. <laughs> it's only once in a lifetime, uh, you know, a guy gets to fight at home, especially me being from New York. You know, MMA just got legalized there. So it, this is really like a, you know, like I said, it's a fantasy of mine. Absolutely. And and with all those two, not just media, I got to imagine you got friends and family hitting you up all over the place for tickets. You were born there, went to college there. It is your hometown. How many Des, fan, Des Green fans do we see in attendance on uh, Saturday night? Oh, Oh, bro, I can't even put a number on it. No lie, not even exaggerating. It'll be a thousand plus people there. You know, like you said, I was born there. I went to high school there. I went to college an hour from there. You know, it's going to be crazy. And, you know, I've always been a likable guy. I've always been down to earth. And, uh, you know, like you said, I got so many friends hitting me up, tickets, da, 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 shirts. Um, again, like I, I got like three or four people that bought boxes, you know, the boxes hold 50 people. And then I got guys, I got so many people sending me messages. Oh, we got front row. It's going to be crazy there, bro. Like I can't even, I really can't even fathom. I keep having to tell myself, uh, you know, come fight night. I gotta, I gotta, you know, just focus up, push it off, push it off to, uh, to the back and use it as, um, use it as like a, uh, uh, encouragement. You know, I thrive off of the pressure. A lot of people don't like people around or, you know, like they don't like the pressure, but me, I do better when my people are there. You know, it's kind of like, I don't want to disappoint them. So I'm going to go that much harder. Yeah. We're certainly looking forward to that. Now I, I want to talk a little bit about your past and, and talk about where you're going as well. So in your last four fights, you're two, yeah. two, but both of those losses were to guys who miss weight and they miss weight pretty badly. How big of an issue do you think weight cutting is getting in MMA as a result of this? Um, you know, I think it's, it is it is getting ridiculous. And, you know, a guy like me, <clears throat> I didn't have to take those fights, but I kind of did have to take those fights. Because, number one, this is my full-time job. I don't fight, I don't get paid. You know what I mean? Um, so I got bills to pay. Uh, and, number two, if you look at those losses, bro, honestly – this is no lie. If you look at the stats, or look on paper, you would think I wanted to fight because I outscored them, I outstruck them, I had a better um, wrestling. Like on paper, you would think I wanted to fight, but because both of those fights you're talking about, they're out of the country. Not only out of the country, but in those guys' home country, you know, it's kind of hard to get a decision, especially in Brazil and um and Russia. You know, those are two of the most corrupt uh, places when it comes to judging. Like every fighter knows, but you know, for me, it made me grow as a fighter because. Like I said, I felt like I, I won both of those, but I could have did way more, and I could have been way more aggressive, and that's what helped me come out last fight with that aggression. And you know, now I unlocked it. I tell everybody, like, man, I, you know, I just figured it out now. And people are like, oh, you know, you had a great showing. You didn't look as timid as your other ones. I'm like, you know, I, I just figured it out. I figured out I'm my biggest competition. I got to just put the pedal to the metal. And you know, with the whole weight cut thing. I honestly think if you if you miss a weight by five pounds or more, even if you miss a weight, period, I think a good way to stop people from coming in missing weight and just offering up their money is if you miss weight, you automatically start the first round down the point. You know what I mean? So you know that that'll 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 discourage a lot of guys from missing weight because you starting down the point in the round. You know what I mean? You're it's already a ten nine round. 
So, you know, that'll change the whole course of the fight, just like you being overweight is changing the whole course of the fight. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, you're a guy who changed weight classes too. And, and we actually talked to Kurt Hollibaugh last week who said he changed weight classes up to lightweight based on some advice you gave him uh, back in Russia a few years ago. What, what are your thoughts yeah, on I remember inspiring that. him to, to change weight classes? Oh man, it's great. You know, I, I try to I try to do that to everybody because at, at at one point I was in his position and somebody inspired me to change the weight classes. And it was actually Jordan Burroughs, um, where he's married to my friend's sister. And you know, a while ago he he was telling me he's like, listen, bro, you my 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 guys, uh, Reese Miriaka. He's like, you know, as Jordan. Jordan even says. Cutting weight isn't always good, man. It's, it's, it's better to grow into your weight class. And that's what I really got out of it. I'm like, yeah, I can't grow into my weight class because we're athletes. We're constantly lifting, constantly evolving. So if we're getting better and then we're trying to cut down 20 pounds, it's, it's kind of detrimental to us. You know, you might as well grow into that weight class, be healthy, because when I would go 45, I could make the weight just because I was a wrestler and I could cut the weight. But every time I would never feel good to fight day, even when I IV'd. And really when they took IVs away, that's when I knew. I'm like, no. Without the IV, the IV didn't do enough, but it did a little bit. But even still, I wasn't 100%. So, you know, once I once I moved up and I felt the difference, I'm like, man, this is great. Like, I, I feel energetic. The last two weeks of camp, I'm training instead of going to a sauna every other day, you know. Um, so when we were in Russia, you know, Kurt had a hard weight cut. And, I'm, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, yo, bro, you know, move up you should move up bro i did i feel great i everybody i fight at lightweight i don't feel like i have a strength disadvantage you know i feel just as stronger if not stronger and you know i did that with a couple other of my teammates um you know i tell them and you know they do it and they're like yo it's true like man you cut that weight and yeah you may think you're bigger than that guy but he's fresh your muscles are depleted so mm-hmm. Yeah, so so you said you were. I, I want to go back to this too. You said you were inspired by Jordan Burroughs. I, I gotta ask, what did you think of his performance against Ben Askren recently? Oh man, I knew that was gonna happen. He Jordan is a he's a he's a dog like that, man. He's he's just amazing. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. It was it was crazy. Those those doubles, skying them up in the air. It was uh, it was fun to watch. It was definitely fun to watch. Yeah, I thought it was fun to watch too. Now I, I want to get back to you just to close here. You know, you said you're going to be the more aggressive version of Des Green this weekend. Uh, I got to ask you for a prediction. 100%. What do you, you expect's going to happen this weekend uh, when you step in the cage with Charles Jordan? Um, honestly, bro, I know for a fact it's not a prediction. He's going down uh, in the first or the second round, second half of the first round, or first half of the second round. Um, I don't see this fight going the distance. I really don't see any of my fights from here on out going distance. Like I've been pushing my cardio. I'm in the best shape. I just had back-to-back camps. So, you know, like I, I literally, in hopes of getting on this card after that last fight, I jumped right back in the gym. And, uh, you know, so right now my conditioning, I'm better than I was this last fight, conditioning-wise, health-wise. I actually had some injuries going into the last fight and are healed up now. So, um, yeah, be looking for fireworks, man. I'm telling you. Well, we're looking forward to it once again. Des Green fights Charles Jordan this weekend at UFC in Rochester on ESPN+. Plus. Thank you so much for the time, Des. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, guys. See you. Those interviews with Ian Heinish and Des Green are brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E Social is the one and only BJJ social media app. Listen to how this works. You're going to go over to the iTunes Store or Google Play, and you're going to download the Maroon Social app. Once you have the Maroon Social app, 
You're going to set up your profile with your name, your belt. You can put your stripes on your belt, stuff like that. You can set up your home gym. It's really cool. Then once you have your profile page, you can start logging your training sessions. And this is what's awesome about it is that once you've logged your training sessions, you get a whole kinds of extra features such as it lets you know how often you're training and whether or not that's more or less than last month or last week. You can see other people that you've trained with in the past. You can see their training methods and stuff like that. Plus, you can leave yourself little notes to make sure that you don't forget things when you're training. It's an awesome function and it's a great way to stay on top of your training. Maroon Social. Plus, don't forget that you can also check in your weigh-ins. You can put competitions, and they've got new features rolling out all the time. So check them out, Maroon Social. I, of course, am Daniel Gumby Vreeland, joined as always by Shockwave, Dave Tremonte. Dave, let's talk about Des Green being inspired by Jordan Burroughs. What did you think of that? Well, I am a huge fan of fighters fighting at their natural weight. We spoke about this last week when we were doing our three genie MMA wishes. I said take away extreme weight cutting is one of my wish. So anything where guys aren't risking uh, their health to make a big weight cut, I'm a huge fan of. So I'm a huge fan of his thinking. Yeah, and I I really like the way that it made Des Green look in his last fight, too, because he said himself he felt more aggressive. And he looked as good as he's ever looked in that fight with Ross Pearson. So I'm I'm excited to see what he brings this weekend. And I think he's got a massive mismatch that he's going to capitalize on. Well, let's move on to our favorite segment on the show, or at least top our favorite segment. It's Fastest Fight News. We deliver the news to you in under 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. And there's so much to talk about this week in Fastest Fight News. And I think we have to start with this weekend's events. Rose Namajunas loses her strawweight title. She got dropped on her noggin. Jessica Andrade, your new strawweight champion what do you think of the performance and where do you go from here with Andrade? um so i i think that performance was uh kind of unfortunate because you know you get a champion in Andrade who you feel like is not the better of the two fighters and and i know that that seems like a, a cop-out but let's face it in, in the eight minutes that we saw of fighting Andrade won about four milliseconds of it right the the four milliseconds where she dropped rose on her noggin and before that, Rose was in complete control. Rose looked as good as she ever has. That being said, I, I don't think we wind up with a rematch here for Rose because it looks like she's not into it. She's going to need some time to recover. You know, she's not even sure she wants to fight again. But I think that that makes perfect sense to uh, to see the winner of Nina Ansaroff versus Tatiana Suarez uh, sometime towards the end of the year, sometimes in the middle of the year. Um, and I think Tatiana Suarez takes that fight. I would love to see Tatiana Suarez uh, fight for the title. I think that that's a fun fight between the two of them because you get to see Andrade's power versus Suarez's wrestling and see where that goes. Um, so I, I think that that's what we're going to see for uh, for the strawweight title next. Well, breaking MMA news as we tape this, uh, at least according to Twitter, and I will have the intern get on some sources for this, um, but it looks like Joanna is going to get the rematch. No. Oh man. That is unfortunate. That is pretty much the last thing I wanted. Um, no offense to, to Joanna on Jacek, but that just does not seem like a fight that makes a lot of sense. She's coming off a, is she coming off a three out of four losses at this point, right? She lost to Rose Rose. Twice to Rose. Beat Tisha Torres and then lost to, to Shevchenko. So she's one in three in her last four, and we're just going to plug her right in. She's getting the old Holly Holm treatment. 
I'm trying to have the intern substantiate this right now, but that all being said, I like your idea better. I agree with you. I don't know that it's necessarily Joanna's fight. We'll move on to cheerier news, which is that there are a ton of fun fight announcements, uh, starting with probably the one I'm most excited about, Cowboy versus Tony Ferguson at UFC 239. Yeah, I love this fight, and I love this fight for so many reasons. One is it's going to get to show us whether or not Dad Cerrone is the real deal, and, and the win over Ally Aquinta made it look like he's the real deal at 45 or uh, 55 again, rather. And I think that this is leaning towards getting to see a Cowboy Cerrone title shot again. And if not, we're getting to get to, get to see that, that Habib-Tony Ferg matchup that we've always been waiting for. Um, granted, whether or not Habib gets past Dustin Poirier. But I think this is a logical number one contenders fight. It, it makes a ton of sense. It's really a really fun fight to watch. Um, so I, I think it makes all the sense in the world. I'm a, I'm a little concerned about how quick this is as a comeback for Donald Cerrone, who just went 25 minutes with Ally Aquinta, though. Yeah, it's kind of in Cerrone's DNA, though. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I mean, I don't worry about it so much with him, but maybe it does add up eventually. Where do you think Connor fits into the whole picture? Uh, in your ideal scenario, let's just say Tony Ferguson wins and fights the winner of. Habib and Poirier, spoiler alert, Habib, we finally get Tony versus Habib, maybe sometimes towards the end of the year or early in 2020. Does Connor ever fight again? Is he fighting maybe Cerrone off a loss? What, what do you make of Connor's absence from these top two fights at 155? I, I think this is the UFC kind of showing Connor that they don't need him in the ESPN era. We talked about how ESPN is giving them enough money where they don't have to worry about having the big draws anymore because they're, they're profitable regardless. So I think this is the UFC showing them that they don't need him. And if he does want to come back and fight, I still think that fight with Gaethje is right there too. And it's really exciting. So um, it's not like he's completely left out, but I do think this is the UFC showing him that, that he's maybe not necessary. Uh, speaking of fun fights, 145, one division down, we have Max taking on uh, Frankie Edgar, the former 155-pound champion at UFC 240. Yeah, I, I at first had a very visceral negative reaction to this fight, and, and it's not because I don't love Frankie Edgar, it's because I do love Alexander Volkanovsky, and I thought Volkanovsky and the way that he handled Jose Aldo earned himself this title shot but that being said uh, you know the the news has come out since then that he's had a blood infection that he's been dealing with he's been hospitalized it's going to take him a while to come back and it almost makes sense to get max booked in there against frankie and to have him fight the winner three or four months down the line so it gives volkanovsky some time to recover some time to get back in the gym and and i think now knowing that this is the only fight to make is, is max versus frankie it's fun to watch it's super exciting uh, and I, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's almost a tough fight to call. I mean, I, I don't know that Max has seen any fighter with the output that Frankie Edgar has and the wrestling skills. So, so I think that it's going to be a fun fight. You know, going back to your before point about maybe the UFC, I don't know if it's really sending a message. They might just not have had it lined up with Connor, but it certainly doesn't feel like they have to rely on Connor as much. You just saw that with the Brock Lesnar negotiations mm -hmm. falling out. He wanted guaranteed money, but they couldn't really do that knowing the new pay-per-view model. Um, they certainly have more guaranteed revenue with the new TV deals. Mm -hmm. So no, they don't need Connor as much. But when I saw the news of Frankie and uh, Max, 
I thought to myself, well, that's kind of bullshit because just like you said, is he necessarily the most deserving champion? Is it just because he's a name and they're going to try to, you know, pop a buy rate, which I'm sure they're still going to do. They're not shying away from popping buy rates. They're just not as dependent on it. But with the news of Volkanovsky being sick, it's not as bad. I, I think you nail it right on the head. Um, we'll keep on moving, though. Nate Diaz is going to fight Anthony Pettis at 170, 170 pounds at UFC 241. You know, it's funny. Uh, last week, I think, and maybe possibly the week before, me and you uh, talked a little bit, and we said, I don't, I literally don't give a single shit about either of the Diaz brothers fighting ever again. And when you texted me, and we talked about Pettis and Nate Diaz fighting, I literally started caring about a Diaz brother fighting immediately. Because this is perfect. This is literally the perfect matchup to get me excited about Nate Diaz fighting again. It's a guy that's not going to try to grapple him up. It's a guy who's going to throw down with him. It's a guy who has a chance to knock him out. And it gives me a reason to get excited about Anthony Pettis fighting at 170 pounds because that division is filled with wrestling killers and you found the one guy in there who probably can't wrestle him up. Yeah, it is very interesting because I don't necessarily love either man's future at 170, but oh, I love terrible them for both up of them. at 170. Yeah, yeah it's right. a terrible matchup for all of them. You know, like Ben Askren's a terrible matchup. Kamaru Usman's a terrible matchup. Tyrone Woodley's a terrible matchup. Colby Covington's a terrible matchup. Like, literally, the top of that division is just awful for those two, and yet here they have found each other. You know, you mentioned Kamaru Usman. I've been thinking recently, I've always wanted GSP versus Habib. I really think that GSP would neutralize the wrestling, outbox them, and just strategically win that fight in a decision. Probably not going to get that. GSP has since retired, although I never say never. One matchup that's really coming to focus for me, and I don't know that it would necessarily happen because I think they share the same manager, I would love, I repeat love, to see Usman versus Habib. Yeah, I, I don't know necessarily that the, having the same manager, you're talking about Ali Abdelaziz, correct? Yes. Yeah, yep. so I don't think that will stop him because I'm pretty sure Ali uh, represents both Henry Cejudo and Marlon Marias, who are both headlining a pay-per-view next month. So I, I don't think necessarily that would hold them back. You know, Ali does what's right for his fighters, and if that means having them fight each other for the title, I mean, he walks away with a champion at the end of it anyway. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think you you could possibly see that, but it would need to be a big money matchup for Usman. And I think the only way Usman makes that a big money matchup is he's got to go out and embarrass Colby Covington. That's a good point. Um, we're running out of time, but... I have to mention, we cannot end fastest <laughs> fight news without mentioning that uh, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger of WWE fame, fought in Bellator, beat a jobber this past weekend with an arm triangle choke, held on to the choke too long, and then in his post-fight press conference, it's going to go down in the annals, the annals of MMA history as one of the best post-fight, uh, I, I, I'm mistaken, I wanted to say the best post-fight uh, in-ring interview, he told the world... He had a boner. Yeah, I don't even know how to comment on this, to be honest with you. I'm at a loss of words. It's one of the most ridiculous post-fight interviews I've ever seen. (laughs) I feel like he's trying to turn heel in a way that, like... But but the funny thing is, is like, he's doing this, like, WWE heel turn thing, and it... 
that's not how you sell at Bellator. Like, or that's not how you sell in the UFC, or that's not how you sell in MMA. He, like, did it in the most awkward way possible. And I sat there looking at the replay and being like, I, I don't even know how to feel about this. I appreciate his honesty. You know what? <laughs> if you have a boner, let the world know. That being said, did you think he held on to the choke too long? Did you buy his excuse that he didn't know of a ref stopping him? No, nah, I don't buy that. I, I buy that, like, he was out to make a statement. And like I said, I think he was trying to make a heel turn. And if he had done that in the WWE, right, like if that was a scripted part of the WWE, holding on to the submission too long makes him look, you know, like extra marketable. And and maybe he thinks that that's true of MMA too, but it, it's not. It just makes you look like a fucking prick. Is it time for Bellator to give him someone real? I don't think so. I think he's 42, and I think any any heavyweight hired to, let, let's say, contender series level heavyweight, even the guys who lose on the contender series. Let's take the guy who lost to Greg Hardy on the contender series. I think they slaughter Jack Swagger. All right, there you have it. Let's move on to our other favorite segment on the show. Tied for our favorite segment, I should say. It's the Combat Countdown. I do wonder, though, Gumby, does any company – sponsor this combat countdown well of course the combat countdown is brought to you by sisu mouthguards head to s-i-s-u guard.com and try the only mouth guard where you can talk breathe and drink all with the mouth guard up in your mouth that's right it is a feat of science it has tiny perforations so that when you have the mouth guard in your mouth it's not uncomfortable it's not bulky and you don't have to take it out to take a sip of your water which is absolutely incredible when you're doing jujitsu because you don't want to get those mac hoodies all up in your mouth so head on over there sisuguard.com make sure to use promo code top turtle 15 and get 15 percent off your entire mouth guard order fuck matt cooties uh we reached out to our twitter followers we asked what was the best promotion out there or the top five promotions i should say outside of the ufc got tremendous feedback follow the show at top turtle mma if you're not already so you can partake in such questions that we ask weekly, we took the fan feedback. We got together at the Top Turtle Podcast Studio. We came up with the definitive top five promotions right now in 2019, not named the UFC. Let's start, as always, with number five, and it is 1FC. Yeah, I'm going with 1FC because obviously they have some of the best fighters uh, not in the UFC out there, right? Like they have Demetrius Johnson. They're doing innovative things like trading, but really like outside of trading, they've got like a couple of small tournaments. I think they do well of marketing to their Asian market, but they don't necessarily do a really great job of marketing outside of there. They've got, uh, you know, like a, a sort of braggadocious uh, owner who who's trying to be like the Asian Dana White. But um, while they do have really good fighters, they're just not doing enough of new stuff, which is what you're going to see in the top four here uh, afterwards of why we have 1FC at number five. Well, let's get to that number four then. It's Risen. Yeah, I, I love Risen, and, and I love it for so many reasons. Number one, uh, they got Screaming Pride Lady. you got to love Screaming Pride Lady. That's first of all. And number two, they, they definitely are trying to make it feel as much like Pride as possible. And while that's not something new – because they're just taking an old concept and, and reviving it a little bit. You're seeing so many fun fights out there, right? We're, we're getting to see King Mo in open weight tournaments or heavyweight tournaments. We're getting to see, you know, Mirko Krokop out there. We're getting to see all kinds of fun fights. Plus, 
they're doing enough freak show stuff to get me or in, entertained, right? Like, you had to care at least a little bit about tension versus Floyd Mayweather. Whether or not you thought it was a work, whether or not you thought it was completely scripted, whether or not you think Floyd Mayweather should have never been in there with that kid, you had to look at the gifts, right? You like had to watch it again because that's what they do. They give you enough freak show to care about Ryzen. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of a modern-day pride and the freak show aspect, the entertainment aspect. That's why I like it. We'll move then to number three. We've already mentioned them. Definitely the biggest promotion in the U.S. after the UFC. Some people maybe would even say they have a boner for it. It's Bellator. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I, I like Bellator because it's doing some new things, right? Like, they're all in on the Grand Prix again. I loved when they did more tournaments. I'm cool with the way they've sort of tapered back and focused on quality over quantity of tournaments, which is fun. Plus, they've got some really high-level fighters. They've got an overall general great product out there. The only thing I would say is they've got a couple of shows that, like, I sometimes don't even know are happening, right? Like, there's a, a show in Oklahoma, Thackerville, Oklahoma, that I've got no clue about. Like, they had a show in Birmingham, England once, and I, I just didn't know it was happening until after it happened. So, like, I think there are probably some things they could be doing better. Uh, but that being said, tournaments, Rory McDonald, you've got my interest. We'll move then to number two, uh, also a domestic promotion here in the U.S., PFL. Yeah, PFL has got me super intrigued. The season format is such a fun concept. Look, anybody who gets me to watch, like, five Sean O'Connell fights in one year and be utterly jacked up about them right is clearly on to something they've got the celebrity investors with kevin hart and all kinds of other guys plus the million dollar grand prize has got people leaving the ufc to fight for them that's right they're leaving the ufc three and oh jordan johnson of ufc fame left the ufc with an open contract and went to pfl to try to fight for their million dollars so you're going to see him on this upcoming season clearly they've got a concept that has got people interested and even espn is interested let's move to number one it's time it's the best promotion outside of the ufc and we have to travel all the way to poland to get it it's ksw yeah, and I'm a little bit biased about KSW because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be talking with owner, founder, Martin Lewandowski of KSW later on. So while that made me a little bit biased, some of the things he said are so, so important is that he is not out there trying to beat the UFC at the UFC's game. He's not out there trying to have an American-style version of an MMA promotion. Instead, he knows what works in Europe. He's interested in what works in Europe. And he's trying to make the best possible product that Europe possibly can. And I love what they're doing with the big, giant, muscly bodybuilders. And not just, like, putting them in freak show fights. Because he says they're freak show fights, right? He'll say, actually, in the interview, you'll hear him say, the freak fights. Not only is he trying to make them freak fights, though, once those those bodybuilders get into those fights, he knows they're going to want to look better, right? Like, that's what's happened with Maurice Pujanowski, who's, like, a legit heavyweight over in KSW now and could probably contend with plenty of guys in the United States. So the fact that he's got them not only there because they do pop a good a good sell rate, right, on, and you can buy their upcoming uh, pay-per-view on KSW.TV for this weekend, uh, but not only do they, they pop good numbers for them, 
but they're also doing a really great job of uh, making them build themselves. And it is important to note that KSW 39 did 56,600 people in attendance, which is just crazy. So clearly they've got people interested in Europe. Yeah, their attendance numbers are actually pretty mind-boggling, especially for MMA. Mm-hmm. So that's our list. We're sticking to it. Uh, we got one FC, or just one, as the kids call it. Uh, we have Ryzen, Bellator, uh, PFL, and then KSW. Let us know if you liked our list. Let us know if you hated our list. We're accepting both love and hate feedback on our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. Gumby, let's move on to the UFC preview. But one might wonder... Does any company sponsor said preview? And this UFC in Rochester breakdown is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear changing the game for underwear. That's right. They're changing the underwear game because you've probably done jujitsu before, if you're listening to this podcast, or maybe you just exercise. But either way, you've had to make the choice between boxers and briefs. Boxers let things flop around too much. Briefs crush them down. Well, you don't need to make that difficult decision anymore because now Sheath Underwear is making it easy. You can get sheath underwear, go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code FLOW for 20% off, and they've got an innovative front pocket that allows airflow to your guys so that they are not uh, being crushed all the time, and they're also supported at the same time. So it's not the bad part of boxers, it's not the bad part of briefs, it's a perfect marriage of what you need in underwear. Check them out at sheathunderwear.com. And so for this fight card, we're going to start at the top. I like Kevin Lee as a slight underdog here against Rafael Dos Anjos. He's betting off at negative 105. I, I can see why he's an underdog. He's moving up in a division. I-, I think he neutralizes RDA's wrestling here, and he maybe gets a little top game himself. So I like Kevin Lee in this one. I also like in the co-main event, Aspen Ladd over Sajara Eubanks. Eubanks is a plus 260 underdog, and I think that makes sense because, again, she's coming up a weight class here. Aspen Ladd is a big favorite, and she's a hot prospect, so I'm going with Aspen Ladd here. I think she can get it done in a number of ways. And for an underdog pick here, I like Ian Heinish over uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. Antonio Carlos Jr. has only lost twice in the UFC. He's lost to Patrick Cummins, and he's lost to Dan Kelly. Both guys with good grappling and safe top games so that they don't get submitted, and I think Ian Heinish fits that bill. He's betting off at plus 180, and that's a really great deal. So, I'm taking Kevin Lee over RDA. I'm taking Aspen Ladd over Sajara Eubanks. And I'm taking Ian Heinish over Shoeface. Uh, and that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA. I want to quickly thank my sponsors, ADK Fightwear, Sheath Underwear, Sisu Mouthguards, and Maroon Social. Make sure to download the Maroon Social app. I also want to thank Flow Combat for having us on each and every week. And before we let you go, I want to give you that interview I promised with Martin Lewandowski, owner of KSW. Please enjoy. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Martin Lewandowski, founder and owner of Poland's number one MMA promotion, KSW. Their event, KSW 49, takes place on Saturday, May 18th. Uh, Martin, I want to start by asking you a little bit about that card, too, because it's an exciting one with a a main event at the top uh, featuring UFC veteran uh, Scott Askham. What are you most excited for in this upcoming card? I mean, for sure, you know, the main event is always the main event. But I think, you know, for years, we as a KSW, we, we come to a point when when uh, we try to attract people from the very first fight which appears on the fight card till the very last. So I believe, you know, people can find uh, every single 
um, attractive or, or moment in you know every single fight. But of, of course, you know Scott, uh, you know he came like a hurricane to KSW cage and. He kicked the asses, you know, uh, very badly. And, and this rematch with Matella for sure is something which people are, are waiting the most. That's why it's the main, uh, main event. And that's why it's also, um, you know, the title fight. Absolutely. But, and I think you said something in there, too, that, that's really interesting to me. Because I was going to ask you, you guys have been wildly successful. I mean, KSW sold... Uh, KSW 39 sold 56,000 plus tickets. You, you've been wildly successful in a place that I don't think a lot excuse of... Me, excuse me, excuse me, nearly 57,000. Ah, nearly 57, <laughs> yeah. excuse me. So, so yeah. wild, wild success, right? So is the secret to that success that you do try to make every single matchup exciting? What, what do you think has gotten so many people behind KSW? I think there are a couple of those, you know, things which which makes us so successful. Of course, uh, this that we put pay, pay attention to every single details. It's not only about the fights, but fights, of course, are the most important part of this uh, deal, the show. But but still, we we pay a lot of attention to to the production wise, to make people you know feel comfortable, to make people feel just happy and just satisfied with this what they see. So the whole ambience, the whole environment we create from the very first moment till the end, it's something, it's like in the movie. That's, I like this example because it's like in the movie, you just, you know, you sit with your popcorn and you start watching from the, you know, first words or first image you see, not from the, I don't know, the top or the, the, the main action in the middle of the movie. You watch it from the first you know, uh, second. And this is how we see KSW. And, and this is the combination of great fights, great fighters. This is the, also the uh, a part uh, when we spend a lot of the time for building and creating um, the fighters and showing them, uh, showing their skills or they uh, just like the gladiators, you know. So we pay a lot of attention. We pay a lot of um time to to build the fighters and on the second part you have the whole production music lights you know fireworks and every single uh, aspect of the entertainment you can imagine the music is playing the you know live music the bands the orchestra so this is something you know which we combine you know great entertainment and great fights i think that's what make us also very unique there are a lot of promotion we just pay attention only to the fight and sometimes fights as i said the most important part we are doing we are sports federation but also this what surrounds you is important you know so i think that's the key and do you think a lot of other companies could could learn from that because i knew no ryzen over in japan is doing you know some of those things maybe not all of those things but a lot of companies seem to be missing that do you think more companies would benefit from doing, you know, taking a page out of your book? It's hard to tell because, you know, here in Poland, I mean, first of all, we are the number one in Europe. There is no better and greater and, and you know, um, than, than better promotion than, than KSW in the whole Europe. 
we are not talking about the Bellator USC who are coming as a guest to Europe doing the good show, good job, and they just disappear. Our market is Europe. Of course, we, we grew as a Polish-based promotion, but we did two interna three international shows already. We are going to make another two this year, which are going to be announced actually on the 19th of May when Scott and Matella will be fighting. So there will be another show uh, announced. And my point is that it's hard because in Poland we have a lot of um, heritage and we have a lot of history from different martial arts. We had a great, we had a great boxers, we had a great ju judo uh, fighters, we had a great karate, kickboxing. You know, so this one is also the combination of different martial arts with being uh, here in Poland for many years and maybe give us a little bit more confident to build to build mixed martial arts here in this country. Probably in Bulgaria or Bulgaria or Greece, it wouldn't be so uh, easy to build uh, the MMA. So that's why, you know, to finding the same source or finding the same way of uh, building the organization in each country, I think it doesn't work. I mean, in US, UFC is doing just great, great job and they are doing this in their own uh, uh, way, which is, I think, great. Uh, and I think also in Japan, they have a different point of view. They, they, they see the fights in different way. Like I've been a couple of times in Japan, in Pride, in Rising, and I see like seven years old kids, you know, watching the, the fights over there. And for them, it was something which for them, it was just normal, like in their DNA. So it's hard what would work in each country. You need to find this. And for sure, this one we found it. It's something which worked very good in Poland. It works very good in England. It works very good in Ireland. And I think in many countries which we are going to uh, be, it also would work, but only in Europe so far. We'll see. Maybe this is something, I don't know, something unique, which we can, uh, like a kind of global uh, benchmark, we might say. But, you know, before... Uh, if we don't go to a country, we don't try, we don't taste it, you never know. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that too, because obviously, you know, I love the European focus and that idea that you're building off of Europe, but I was going to ask you, like, it is going, you know, the UFC comes to your world once in a while, uh, probably only once a year. Is there a chance that you go to their world at some point in time? If we're going to come and visit and pay a visit to uh, US soil? <laughs> That's the question. Yeah, that, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm not asking you to give it away, but but it, is no, that no, a yeah. possibility in the future? Oh, for sure. But I think it's more in in the far future. But it's not not our goal. Our goal is first to build, you know, uh, KSW and the brand awareness uh, in 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 Europe. So we are very well known globally. People in Europe, they know us very well. But still, this is something we need to work harder. And U.S., it's also on the map. But U.S., because of UFC and Bellator, which are strong, you know, uh, competitors, uh, it will be always their motherland, not ours. So if we go there, it would be just only just to show our quality, to show our way, our style. But it will be more like... Uh, I don't know how to even call it, like kind of <laughs> Santa Claus comes to the town, you know, this part of 
yeah. only happens once in a while. I got you. So yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about some of the matchups that you've recently had, as well as some of your recent signees too, because. I've noticed you've, you've signed some massive bodybuilders. It starts with Pujanowski, but we've heard of the recent signing of Martin Ford, uh, the Iranian Hulk. The, the, there's a whole bunch of guys who you've signed that are large bodybuilders with, with very little amounts of MMA experience. What's sort of the thought process behind that, and when are we going to see some of those newer guys uh, debut? Yeah, uh, Pujanowski is... Oh, Pujanowski is Yeah, yeah, I meant Ford, Pujanowski. Ford Hulk, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this Iranian Hulk, he's not signed with us. I mean, I know that there was, there's been a lot of rumors, but there's, I, I actually, I'm not in touch with him or his manager. I actually don't know uh, who made that, that, that uh, announcement, but Iranian Hulk, he's not, you know, our fighter. He, we never signed him. Okay. So this is one thing. Uh, Pujanowski has been with us for the last, uh, what we have, like 10 years already. Yeah, yeah. So it's been quite a long time. He... He used to be like kind of freak fighter, mm-hmm. you know, people seeing him as a freak fighter, the guy who doesn't know how to fight, how to punch, how to kick, do nothing. But he makes such a great progress that last year he was fighting for the for the title, heavyweight title. And he's not because he didn't get this chance because he was famous. He got this chance because he really deserved it. So he, through him, you can see the whole process and how the MMA has changed also for many years over here. Um, then, then we have Martin Ford, and he is actually like you know huge, huge guy. He's going to have his debut on KSW uh, uh, card uh, on London Wembley. We are going back uh, to to London this year. I can't tell you right now when, but it will be this year, the second half of the year. And, and yeah, and then we have like, for example, uh, Erko Yun, but he's also already after two wins uh, on KSW uh, cage. Uh, so we don't have so many, so many, you know, huge guys without experience. We have a lot of huge guys with a lot of experience. So, yeah, I'd like that. So, and what, what sort of made you, you know, I, like you said, Erko has got two fights now, but, but most of them are being with you. What made you, you know, sort of pull the trigger and give him a shot? Or what made you pull the trigger and give Martin a shot? Right. There are, that's the combination. That's what I said. The sports and entertainment. This, those, this is the, the more the entertainment part. Mm-hmm. So from time to time, we, we announce uh, uh, good names. And, uh, yeah, let's call them the freak fighters. And those freak fighters, first of all, you need to, you need to deserve to get, to get this chance to be the freak fighter in, 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 uh, in KSW. Uh, and if we see that there is somebody who is really, uh, you know, very popular, has a strong social media and he's very good in media relationships, basically, and people just want to see and watch him, uh, so this is the, 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 the thought behind it, that we want to give him a chance and give him a try how he's going to, you know, um, do in, in, in MMA. So, um, uh, yeah, it's more the entertainment part, but very fast those guys see that they, wanna, they don't want to be a, a kind of playing the circus role. They want to uh, <laughs> play the real and serious role. Yeah, and, and, and it's worked with Pujanowski, so obviously you guys are doing something right there, and, and I love that, that it is uh, it is definitely helping you build the brand. Now, I want to ask you before I got to let you go here, too, you know, you you guys have done a ton in, you know, it's been like 50, 54 events, I believe. You've done an absolute ton in that amount of time. 
What are your goals for the company in the upcoming year? What do you hope to have accomplished by 2020? By that time, I would like to come back and to beat another record in the KSW, you know, the, the national stadium, the one you just mentioned about the KSW Coliseum. So I want to do another, another, another event like that on the biggest venue in Poland and one of the biggest in Europe. Uh, so we'll be back there for sure. I want to build more events around the, the Europe continent, first of all. That's what I said first. And and just you know just to keep up with the with the dynamics we are we are we are growing we are having a lot of different projects in our mind. Um, this year I will start and I think it will be succeed and it will continue for the next year the KSW League, which will be the smaller shows for younger and not so very well um skilled fighters or without such a huge record or the fighters who want to just make the debut but there is no a good scene to do it um and there are many many different projects just i think to keep up with those with the with the dynamics uh, we are having and the speed i think it will be uh, great enough just just to expand the brand around the the europe come back to national stadium and i think i'll be fine with that Wow, that sounds like a, a very ambitious 2019, and we'll be looking forward to watching all of it. Martin, I, I know you're a super busy man. I thank you for the time. Uh, you guys can all you. check out KSW49. Uh, it's on May 18th or May 19th, depending on where you are. You can check it out at kswmma.com, and you can watch it right from there. Uh, Martin, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.